Hello and welcome to Teaching Elementary Mathematics. I'm Dave Blake. This week we will be talking about the second week of teaching third grade mathematics. In third grade, one of the parts of the core is that you need to teach them how to add and subtract within a thousand fluently. Now, fluently has many different meanings and we're not going to get into that today but fluently does not mean that they can do it from memory. Fluently means that they can do it using strategies. So let's talk about uh, what that looks like in third grade. One of the things that you need to do in third grade is build off of the skills that they've been taught in second grade. In second grade, one of the main things that the students need to master is being able to add and subtract within a thousand. In third grade we're just taking it one step further so that they can do it easier. So we need to think about what that looks like. The thing that I want to talk about today is a clear learning objective with success criteria. So what we need to do is we need to think about what does it look like, what does it mean to be proficient if we're going to add and subtract within a thousand. Does that mean that they can add and subtract with no regrouping? With regrouping once? Maybe regrouping twice? Does that mean that they can subtract across the zero? What does it mean to be proficient? Now as a grade level team you need to decide that. I think that all third graders should be able to subtract within a thousand using any mix-up of numbers. So now that we have a clear objective that they can add and subtract within a thousand using any numbers, we need to figure out what does that mean to be successful to get there? What are those steps that we want to check along the way to make sure that we know when they get it, when they don't get it? Do the students know what parts do they get stuck on? What we need to do now is we need to think about where are we going to start? Well, are we going to start with something that is challenging their minds or are we going to start with something that every student can do? I believe that we should start with something that every student can do. I like to say I'm going to start every class with a smile on every kid's face. So I want to start with adding and subtracting maybe a single digit number. Maybe we're going to see if the kids can add and subtract within 10, maybe within 20. We want to be able to see if they know what 9 plus 9 is. Do they know the difference between 9 plus 9 and 9 minus 9? Do they know what the add and subtract symbols mean? When are we going to tie those in? So we're going to start with adding and subtracting single digit numbers. Now, when we come up with a success criteria, this does not mean that we're going to spend a whole day on that part of it. If we're doing add and subtracting single digit numbers, this is a kindergarten skill. This is where it starts. They've done up to 20 in first grade. They should have it in second grade. Maybe it's going to take five minutes. Maybe it's going to take 10 minutes. What we need to do is we need to try and figure out how we want to spend our time. Do we want to give them a five problems when they walk in the very first day of the week just to see if they can add and subtract within 20, just to make sure that we know where they're at. The next thing we want to do is we want to try and decide 
are we going to move on to a two-digit plus a two-digit? Or are we going to move on to a two-digit plus a one-digit? These two different types of problems have two different outcomes. If we do 23 plus 4, all of the kids can count up. 23, 24, 25, 26, 27. But if we do 23 plus 14, they can't just count up using their fingers. They have to understand place value. In my mind, it's actually easier if we do a two-digit plus a two-digit. This will give us more information. This will give us the information we need to know so that we can expand their understanding of a three-digit plus a three-digit. So let's look at this. So if we have 23 plus 14, is there regrouping? No, there's not any regrouping. And so now we're starting with a two-digit plus a two-digit without regrouping. What are some of the things that we want to learn from this? Can they line up the place values? Do they know how to add and subtract? Do they know about tens? Do they know about ones? Is adding with pictures going to help them? Absolutely it's going to help them. Have Draw a picture. Have them use base 10 blocks to understand what they're doing. So you're going to, on Monday, you're going to start the day with a short quiz to see if they can add single digit numbers. Then that day you're going to lead into adding two digit plus two digit and have them draw it. Have them draw a their tens and their ones. Then talk about, okay, we have to put our tens, our ones together. Then we have to put our tens together. Have them make a concrete representation of it. Do as much as you can so that they understand what this means. If you build a concrete foundation now, then when we get into the three-digit plus three-digit, it'll be easier for them. Now that we've done two-digit plus two-digit without regrouping, what is the next step we want to do? Do we want to do two-digit plus two-digit with regrouping? Or do we want to do a two-digit plus one-digit? I think that what we need to do is we need to do two-digit plus two-digit with regrouping. So now we're going to do 27 plus 14. And we're going to talk to them about in the ones place, when we add those together, we get more than 10. So now we need to talk about how that moves over to the uh, tens place, that we make a group of 10 and that moves over. And then the, the rest we leave in the ones place. As we do this, we'll be able to help them understand this will take the rest of the day. This will take a whole day to help them understand that when you have more than 10, you move a 10 over to the next place value and you leave the ones where they are. Now what we're, now what we're going to do is we're going to think about what's the next step. Is the next step that we do a three-digit plus a three-digit without regrouping? Or do we move into a three-digit plus a two-digit with regrouping. I like to move forward with a three-digit plus a three-digit with regroup or without regrouping. Make sure they understand place value. Make sure you emphasize what a hundred looks like when you draw it. What does a ten look like when you draw it? What does a one look like when you draw it? This shouldn't be as difficult as starting with ten, a two-digit plus a two-digit because we've already sh shown them a one and a ten 
Now we need to show them what a hundred looks like when we draw it. Normally we do a square for a hundred, a line for ten, and a dot for ones because these represent base ten blocks. But it doesn't matter. You could have H's, you could have T's, you could have zero or O's for ones. However you want to do it to represent it is fine, but just understand that they are trying to make a concrete representation. They need to understand what they're doing. So now as we do our three digit plus three digit without regrouping, we need to move into our three digit plus three digit with regrouping once in the ones. Then we need to make sure once they're proficient at that, they need to do a three digit plus three digit with regrouping just in the tens. Then we'll do three digit plus three digit with regrouping twice. And then we'll do three digit plus three digit with the possibility of regrouping anywhere. One of the things that we're going to need to do is we need to make sure that they know when to regroup and when not to regroup. They're not just following a pattern. We've taught them all of these tools and now we need to see if they know the pattern. So one of the things that I like to do is I like to give them problems and tell them, we're not going to solve these. What I want you to do is I want you to circle the place value where we're going to regroup. Some of them might not have any circles. Some of them might have a circle in the ones. Some of them might have a circle in the tens. What if you do a number where it's uh, 536 plus... 269. At first glance, you're not going to regroup in the tens, but as you look in the ones, you regroup, and that makes it, makes it so you have to regroup in the tens. This is a great diagnose, diagnostic type of problem to see if they understand what they're doing, and if they can see the problem as a whole, instead of just individually. Give them different types of problems. Give them problems where they don't regroup. Give them problems where they regroup one time. Give them problems where they have to regroup once so it makes it so they have to regroup twice. What we're trying to do is we're trying to figure out do they understand all of the steps that it takes to regroup. So as we think about through the success criteria again, our goal is that they can add and subtract within a thousand. We start with adding single digit numbers. We move to adding a two digit plus two digit without regrouping. Now, we do not move on until 80% of our class or more, whatever your district has decided, is proficient. If you have 60% of your kids that are not proficient, that's not a student problem. That's where the teacher needs to look at him or herself and say, what can I do better to get these kids to learn? So now that we have the two-digit plus two-digit without regrouping, we move to the two-digit plus two-digit with regrouping. Then we do three-digit and three-digit without regrouping, with regrouping once, with regrouping twice, with regrouping anywhere with the possibility. One of the checks for that is to see if they know when to regroup, when not to regroup. These are great steps along the way. What will happen? I've seen it. I've done it. I've seen it with other teachers. If we lay out a clear objective and we lay out our clear success criteria, 
not only for the students or the teacher, but also for the students to see and know what we want them to do. The amount of time that it will take to teach a lesson will be reduced. I've seen teachers who thought, man, this lesson's going to take over an hour to teach with a clear objective and with success criteria laid out for the students. It has taken less than 45 minutes. I've seen teachers who have been working with fractions in fifth grade and thought, oh, in the past, this has taken four months in order to know all of the parts of adding, subtracting, multiplying, dividing fractions with a clear success criteria, with a clear objective, take only one month to teach all of these components with 90% of her students proficient. If we give the students a clear target, the students will be able to hit the target. If we're not sure what the target is, or if the students are not sure what the target is, how are they supposed to hit it? Now, as we create an assessment, create an assessment with the number of questions that you feel will give you an understanding of where the students are at. I don't think that one question is good enough because it doesn't give you enough information. Not that if the students can do it or can't do it, you don't know, but if the student makes the same mistake twice, then you understand what the problem would be. If the student makes the same mistake in two different problems, then you understand what the problem could be. If they only make it in one problem, then you're not sure. So the way that I set up my assessments, and I believe that you should assess regularly, is I would set up my assessments for Friday. And on Friday, you give your students a test that has eight problems on it. Numbers five and six are on the success criteria you're trying to teach them. So you're going to give them whatever your success criteria is for that week. You're going to give them five and six. Numbers three and four, that's the step before. So for example, if, it, if your success criteria that you want to do for that week is that they can add a three-digit plus a three-digit with regrouping once, that would be number five and that would be number six. Number three and number four would be a three-digit plus three-digit without regrouping. And number one and number two would be a two-digit plus two-digit with or without regrouping. You can choose. Number seven and eight... These are pushing forward. And so on this, you would give them a problem where they're regrouping maybe twice. Maybe you're trying to see if they can figure out when you need to regroup or without regroup. But this is pushing forward. This will give you an idea of how much you need to teach in the future. If you create your objectives, if you create clear success criteria, if you create a clear assessment, this will reduce the amount of time that it will take to teach. It will reduce the amount of guessing time in order for you to figure out what they don't understand. Your reteaching makes it so easy. You take your, you take your quizzes. If they got number 5 and 6 right, you put them in the group that understands it. If they got it wrong, 
but they got number three and or four right, then you put them in a group where they just need to learn about regrouping once. And if they only got one and or two right, then you put them in a three-digit plus three-digit without regrouping group. This will help you be successful. It'll help your students be successful. And as we move forward, I will talk about the success criteria that you should have for each week. Thank you for listening to my podcast. If you liked it, please subscribe. Please tell your friends. Um, Please share it with your friends. And I will talk to you next week.